Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. everybody it's tennis bets on wimbledon still manic monday kenny ducey zachary cohen zico pamela maldonado the expert cast of characters is here it's a fun opportunity to kind of get into the wimbledon sections that we like that we dislike all the chaos all the action pam welcome back to the show first now you missed last friday's show but you're back uh, at your home base i think for a little bit now uh, what's been uh, and i know you were still betting on tennis while you were on vacation so that didn't leave I was in Mexico City, and I kind of, at night, I didn't have much to do. So at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., once you hit the bars and you enjoy life, let me get to work. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely not a correlation with the late-night picks, depending on where you are. You know, So I don't think betting responsibly even is a thing. Um, speaking of that, Kenny, I know we talked about this before. There's always going to be swings in a grand slam. You just got to ride the momentum. And in your case, find some value on a uh, – <laughs> one of the top grass court players, if you can get it. Yeah, and I think that betting live, or betting outrights live can be very fun. I've done it in the past, and I think, you know, I, I said it at the time, and I completely agree. I don't think we'll see in our lifetimes, or, or at least I don't think there's a very good chance we'll see in our lifetime, a value quite like Matteo Berrettini win Wimbledon at plus 12,000, down one nothing to Lorenzo Sanigo in the first round. And I think before the tournament, he was still around plus 8,000, which was crazy. But uh, to get him live there definitely felt good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would I would continue to say that this guy has just as good of a chance to win this tournament as anybody else not named Novak Djokovic. And I mean, really, for that reason, that's why Djokovic coming into the tournament was such a strong favorite. A lot of the, the players that were up there in the odds, you know, we, we thought they might fall early and not have what it takes to win a Grand Slam. You talk about the likes of Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, Andy Murray, Stefano Tsitsipas, Holger Runa, maybe today. All these names uh, are, are looking kind of weak. Yannick Sinner had a struggle against Daniel Galan. So, uh, you know, it does, it does seem like we're looking more and more like Novak Djokovic is going to take this home. But uh, I think Matteo Berrettini might have something to say about it, especially if he can finish this off against Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> Z- <laughs> okay. We're, we're going we're to hold that for later. But Zico, I know there's been some ups and downs. I want to rope you in because I got to give props because I thought we were going to see some brutal losses and we have, but Hubie actually taking a set off Joker and you were on this bet. That would have been a brutal loss by any stretch if just the first set would have happened. But then we got a replay of it in the second and then you got to sleep on it. But he does win a set in the third. So it gives you kind of that moral victory that you were looking for and really to get some momentum back after you said some dark days early in the betting tournament. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge swing bet for me because it was plus 115. I had two units on it. Like you said, that would have been a brutal beat. Uh, you, know, you know, he had the chances to win both tie breaks. Arguably should have won both tie breaks. And just overall, you know, the way he was serving to not win one of those two sets would have been just terrible. So, yeah, it was great to see him win one. I'm not even sure the third one would have been the one that I thought he deserved to win, but it was, you know, it's just how tennis works sometimes. 
And, and you know, I will say, Zico, you got back the luck, the, the bad luck that cost you with the Vavrinka match you got. Because Vavrinka should have easily taken a set off Djokovic. That would have been two matches in a row, extreme pain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, Pam, as we kind of look forward to, you know, Djokovic and what he's done and how he's looked so far. I don't want to say, like, I don't want to write off anybody just yet. Alcaraz can come back and win this match. Berrettini's looked good. But are we on that slow march to just another Djokovic title? I mean, you could you could talk Alcaraz, Berrettini, anybody else? Absolutely. No, I think Djokovic is it. I mean, he's winning his matches. Yes, he looks like he's kind of struggling a bit. But if you talk about tiebreaks and he's on this, he's lost that. No better person would I trust in the tiebreak than Djokovic. Because more often than not, Djokovic becomes about uh, the tiebreak situations become about um, the court sense and handling pressure under those big time in those pressure point situations. That is where Djokovic excels. And so, yeah, maybe he should have had more difficulty and maybe dropped a set against her catch, lost a couple of ones. But I, you put him in a tiebreak, I'm going to take him every single time to come out of it because of the experience, because of the court sense, because of his ability to know when to ease up and uh, add fuel to the fire. Like, Djokovic is just it. I'm not worried about him not winning this tournament, but I do want to see some competitiveness. I would not be surprised if it is against Berrettini. Zero worry about it, that being the case. I'm not at all convinced about that. I would be more interested to see Carlos against Djokovic than I would be Berrettini against Djokovic. Well, their final was pretty good a couple of years ago, I thought. It was very, very close to going five sets. So, I don't know. I think that would be a good – I mean, I think there's no one in the field better at grass court tennis than Berrettini right now. Um, and I think, I think I, well, right, right. Besides, yeah. no, I'm too challenged, Novak. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't mind that final at all. I thought that was a very good final years ago. We probably would have gotten it last year, frankly, if it weren't for Neo Berrettini uh, withdrawing with COVID. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you want the best challenger possible for Djokovic, right? So that's that's probably Berrettini at this point. We've just seen Carlos a little bit a little bit off uh, on grass so far but i mean they will definitely play an epic here at some point in the next couple of years let's uh let let's get yeah go ahead i just want to say let, let's get to some of these picks and get to the <laughs> get the bad stuff out of the way uh zico unfortunately we're gonna have to start with you uh on the women's <laughs> side kavitova jabor not your day not your pick there but somehow on jabor who you know, when everyone was talking about the new big three, it was almost like she was a forgotten soul in all this. And she handles Petra Kvitova, who came in playing great. And now she's very much in the mix for this Wimbledon title. Yeah, that was a really tough one. Because it's like, I like Kvitova before the tournament. But, you know, as you're handicapping that match, you're like, the strengths of Kvitova or grass court play. Anjali Port was unbelievable on grass as well. So, you know, it was really tough. I thought the Kvitova would win. She didn't show up today, but... Yeah, it happens. I had Sitsipas too, so it was a bad morning, <laughs> especially because I had to root for Sitsipas against Eubanks. I really wanted Eubanks to Always win. Always a bad time. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we had that one on the board too. It was unfortunate that it happened to be that way. But uh, hey, I mean, if you want to do a positive spin zone, Chris Eubanks, the last American standing, gets to, you know, his dream run continues, gets to the quarterfinal. I mean, Pam, just looking at what Eubanks has done being the last American left, but a guy who, as Kenny pointed out, hadn't even won a main draw, main draw Grand Slam match until last year's U.S. Open. This is a 27-year-old man who's having his breakthrough later in life and, you know, doing it with a smile on his face, it seems like, every single point. Eubanks' game just really fits grass well is what we're discovering. I mean, he's six foot seven, so you're going to tell him all automatically with a lot of power. He has a huge serve. I mean, he can generate power just off of the serve alone. He has a kick serve that just gives, I mean, it's a, it's a 
he gets a lot of free points off of that serve, um, not to mention with his powerful forehand, and he's really good at the net. So he's a natural fit for grass, is what we're discovering. His big match is going to be a big test. It's going to be against Medvedev. Like that big serve, it's going to be a little bit more neutralized now because Medvedev is one of the best returners, right alongside Djokovic. I still love him to be competitive in that matchup, and that's one of my bets for this week. Is I want to see Eubanks continue on, also because of the, the, the just purely just from being the fan perspective, seeing an American do well mm -hmm. in a major, especially at Wimbledon, like it's very exciting from the fan perspective. Yeah, and Kenny, if you look at who he plays, Medvedev, another guy that, you know, ho-hum, just gets to another deep draw in a major, not his favorite service, no problem. Well, Hekka was playing so well, doesn't even finish that match, doesn't even make it the distance. So Medvedev's coming in refreshed with a lack of expectations on him. I'm with Pam, I agree that this should be competitive. But you just know Medvedev is so match tough, and he just shows up. I mean, it's a cliche thing, but he shows up every single match. Yeah, and I mean, just to put it in perspective, for, for last year, around this time, Eubanks was outside the top 100 at around 140 in the world. Uh, now he might go into the U.S. Open seated, which would be insane, because as I mentioned last year, he got his first main draw Grand Slam match win at the U.S. Open. He was 2-8, and eight, and he had failed to qualify for 13 Grand Slams, which was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, this is an unbelievable rise late in his career, reminiscent of Jan Leonard's true, you know, some players are late bloomers. That just happens, and... Um, you know, I think the the obvious the obvious improvement with the Ubax game is that he's really gotten so much more sound off the ground. He's you know was just used to making so many errors, but today you get even against Tsitsipas, right? Still made a lot of errors. Still made a lot of errors against Cam Nori. I just think uh, Daniel Medvedev is a guy. It doesn't matter what surface it is. Like if you're if you are an unforced error prone player, he's going to draw those errors out of your racket. And be, you know because Ubax just packs so much power, he's going to make fewer unforced errors on a surface like grass than he normally would. Uh, on a slower court. But with that said, I still think this is a very, very bad match. You couldn't have asked for, besides Novak yeah. Djokovic, a worse player for Eubanks to face in the mm -hmm. in the quarterfinals. You know, I'd I mean, I think he would have been better off facing Alcaraz or Berrettini or Dimitrov or Runa, uh, yeah. you know, Sinner, Safulin, you name it. Like even even Roman Safulin, I think, because, you know, so I don't know. I, I think this is a this is one of the worst matchups you could have drawn, which is unfortunate. And I do think Medvedev, even though he really hasn't looked like that great, at Wimbledon at great on the grass I still think he's probably gonna end up just smoking Chris unfortunately because like I said it's you know his his ability to defend his ability to just extend rallies is, is like no one else's besides Novak Djokovic's so I I think this is this is, this is a tough draw yeah I agree I agree I also want to just flash something on the score on the screen right now it changes every five seconds so if you if you see an update but we've got some live ons on a couple matches Berrettini's still about even money and a Long service game in the start of the second set there. The Holger-Dimitrov match is in a second set tie break too. So there's a lot going on today. Um, Pam, looking at this match in particular, I think we were all kind of on the on the train of, okay, Alcaraz, it will come together. I think everyone on the show actually said that, but we're just not sure if it's happening yet. There's been a lot of good. There's been some you know in, inefficiencies at times. What's your takeaway from Alcaraz on the grass at this Wimbledon? I'm still very impressed with Akras. His progression has been absolutely insane. And we talked about it on the last show, how Akras, I was expecting him to become more familiar, more comfortable on grass in like two, three, five years, just as, just as we saw with uh, Rafa Nadal. It took him a really long time to kind of just like grow into it. Akras, we saw it in one tournament <laughs> a couple of, last week, mm -hmm. and he's doing just fine. Is he spraying his forehand? Yes. 
he's still trying to adapt, but he's still more competitive than most. Right. I would still put him in this tournament. I would still put him as a top five player because he still has yeah. the speed, still has the court sense, and he he has one of the best like cross court shots right now. He just he has all the variety in his game to be able to excel on the surface. It's just he needs to find the rhythm. He needs to find the timing, and once he does, it's gonna click. I just also want to say too, it's not a bad losing to Berrettini. Like it's not a bad loss. Like if he loses this match, oh, we're not going to be like, oh, what happened, you know? Uh, and I know we got Kenny and Zico on the opposite side of some game spreads going into this one as well. Kenny with the early advantage, given how the first set went, still a lot there to be said. But this is, you know, another chance to kind of see where we go. Uh, the other match going on right now: Grigor Dimitrov and Holger Runa. So much tennis. I know it's not officially Manic Monday, but. That's in a second set tie break. And Kenny, looking at it from the perspective of Holger, he wins that match over Fakina that was just chaos, eight all underhand serve for ADF. And Holger <laughs> survives. But, you know, we saw the line before moving like crazy. And pre match, I think it closed around the minus 180 range. Were you surprised by that? Or do you think that is you know, a reflection of maybe the odds makers at Holger in second week of majors? No, I, I am very surprised, and you know, I, 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 my buddy who has been following, uh, shout out to Zico, the the lines, these the uh, handle, the bet percentages on Veasan has been telling me uh, that that most of the favorites at this tournament have actually been getting the majority of the bets, which is, I wouldn't say it's surprising because a lot of times, especially at a Grand Slam, you attract more amateur bettors, you attract people who aren't really as familiar with the underdogs, um, you know. But look, I, I do think that that was a little surprising to me, especially considering. Uh, you know, the French Open, you know, when there was a late match in the French Open for Holgaruna in the quarterfinal against Casper Ruud, the line really didn't budge a lot. And there was a ton of interest in Casper Ruud. Casper Ruud was, was garnering uh, a lot of the handle. He was a very short favorite. The whole narrative was Holgaruna is going to die because he can't, you know, he looked terrible at the end of his last match. He, and the odds makers were really stubborn. They just kept that line there. So th there is clearly, yeah, I, I would say I was very surprised that odds makers were willing to just come immediately, because I believe Zico said Grigor opened around minus 140, minus 145. They immediately moved that line. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly it looked like the right decision. I think Holger, grass is a different surface like than clay. Obviously, the points were a lot shorter. I wasn't really as concerned with his, his physical well-being in this match as I was at the French Open, but with that said, I still do think that Holger Runa, we have not really seen him go deep at a Grand Slam. We saw him make back-to-back -back quarters at the French Open, but the other tournaments, he has not done well, and we also have to consider the fact that like, he has just looked unwell once he's gotten to the quarterfinals, and, you know, and it, he's looked unwell in a couple of his fourth-round matches uh, it, at the French Open. So I do think like this is the stage of the tournament where it's always a good idea to start fading Runa. And uh, you know, one day, sure, he he, he most likely will able to be, be able to come through some of these fourth round and quarterfinal matches. But his body still is not there. His body still slows down around this stage of the tournament. So I think, for, you know, for that reason, I wasn't that surprised that the line moved. But it, it does feel like odds makers love Runa. So that that was maybe one thing that was surprising. Yeah, Zico, just to kind of expand on this from the Dimitrov perspective, getting to a point where he's older but still consistently churning out a, at least a couple match wins each major, it seems. And also the fact that we've talked about it last week, he performs pretty well as an underdog. Maybe when he's the favorite and the expectations come on is when he kind of falters. But in that underdog role against non-big three, big four players, he's done pretty well over his career. Yeah, this was kind of like a perfect storm of me wanting to fade Runa at this point in the tournament and Dimitrov just playing ridiculously well. I mean, he's barely dropped any games in this tournament at all. I mean, he destroyed Tiapo. After, you know, really easy wins in the early rounds, his serve is really good right now. His backhand looks awesome. 
that slice is, you know, really effective on grass. Kenny's noted it a few times, but also he's, he's, you know, he's regaining confidence in his flatter backhands, which wasn't there the last few months. So he's just a, a really you know, informed player right now. And Runa, like Sinner, I'm looking for ways to fade them until I'm wrong about it. Sinner's another one. Pam, looking at him, I mean, he's got the opportunity. He's gotten to this point, and this has kind of been the cutoff point for every major, but the, but the draw's in his favor. There's a real chance here. Does he make a breakthrough this week? Does he win this match and beyond? Like, how how do you see it going forward for Sinner? I don't have any doubt that Sinner's going to get through Sifuyan. I think I mean, Sifuyan has been playing really well, yes, but Sinner still has the power. He still has the brand. He still has the serve. He just has so much. He can generate so much power on his own. The pace is not going to be a problem for him. He himself is having a very good tournament. Granted, he has played nothing but clay court test players with uh, Sarandulo and Schwartzman. Dylan, I don't like how he kind of did falter in that first set matchup, um, but he came through with the side break just fine. But Zinner is the better fast court player. He is the more powerful player. Sipoyan has been a great story, but this is where it ends for him. Kenny, do you think I, I the actually, underdog has a chance? Yeah, I do. I've been on set fuel in all, all tournament, and it started uh, it, it started early on when he cost me some money uh, because I, I was like, first of all, Roman Sefulin's always had a huge serve in forehand. He's just, you know, not really... He's kind of like Lloyd Harris, you know, where I don't really think he's a very smart tennis player. Uh, that's really what holds him back at times, but he smacks the ball. And look, I, you know, Yannick Sinner, Yannick Sinner at Grand Slams has been such an adventure because, you know, we've seen him have match point against Carlos Alcaraz and blow. We've seen him blow two steps to love against Djokovic now. And I know, you know, Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz are the two best players in the world. So it's, it's, it's excusable, but also he's made a meal out of so many Grand Slam matches. We just saw him lose to Daniel Altmaier at the French Open. We saw him almost lose to Ilya Vashka and Brandon Nakashima at the U.S. Open last year. I don't think you can ever trust Yannick Sinner to make it clean. And I think against a player who, like Roman Sofielin, who does a very good job of holding serve, Yannick Sinner is in definite trouble here. I think he should come through that match. But in terms of the game spread, I mean, this guy has been really averse to covering game spreads, like I said, for the last two years at slams and you know especially as a big favorite and altmeyer has been a guy twice that's given him trouble eubanks at the u.s open last year gave him trouble so i just think pretty much everyone gives him trouble and i just think roman sofielin's kind of flying under the radar with how well he's playing right now um just on a surface like this this is exactly what he wants so uh, i i would definitely say that the game spread is live for sofielin i'm definitely going to stop short of saying that he wins this match because to, to you know to his credit yannick sinner is a very good fighter from behind uh, when he's when he's down, you feel like he's just going to fold, and every time he comes back out, even if he's looking dead physically and wins the match, I think he'll figure out a way to win this match. I do not think Roman Sofulin yeah. has the mental fortitude to do it, but I do think it's going to be a tricky for Sinner because, as I said, literally yesterday he had trouble with Daniel Galan, uh, didn't cover the eight and a half games. So I I I think I think there's a market inefficiency here with Sofulin. I think he got to attack it. Center's yeah, a minus I'll, seven twenty favorite. Yeah, Center's a minus seven twenty favorite, and and yeah, I don't think he loses this match. But that is a lot of games, and you can look at some of the matches that he's both these guys have played, and I do, I think that's a high number given the form of very high. Women. Especially with his serve too, right? Like Yannick Center's done. A, a, he's he's gotten shaky sometimes in his service games, and he can get those breaks back normally yeah. against, as Pam mentioned, the clay court players that he's been playing. But against a guy like Roman Sofiulin, it's gonna be a lot tougher if you fall behind by a break. To, yeah. to, to recover. Um, so I think that's that's definitely something he's going to have to deal with. Pam, you staying away on this one? I would be looking to take the over. Um, two players that can hold their serve really well, yeah. and they're both generating a lot of pace. I think that's going to be more likely than seeing more break. I don't think we're going to see a lot of breaks. I think we're going to see tie breaks. Um, so it yeah. could be a situation. Yeah. 
if you take a look at what like Sophia did against Agut, I mean that was two tiebreaks in that set, and what is Agut? Yeah. But a backboard. Yeah. So he was able to hold serve there, and now you're gonna have a player who's gonna be able to hold serve there. Shapovalov, he's not a very good returner. Yannick Center is. So I think this is going to be a lot more competitive. It is a lot of games. I do believe, I feel strongly that Sinner is still going to come out with a win, but I would be looking at either maybe the plus games, uh, but that I would feel more confident with the over. I, I think the one thing I'll say about the over is that it's it's been a smarter decision in the Sinner matches, uh, in my experience, over the last couple of years, if you think that the underdog is going to have a chance, because he has actually, as I said about the fighting qualities, he has been able to kind of close his opponents very quickly, uh, give them no hope. So mm-hmm. that could be a potential hang-up with the games. I just don't – I think the decision you have to make is, do you think Roman Sofiulin is good enough to actually close and win a set – versus, you know, maybe he loses in a tiebreak, as Pam said. So that's always, that's those, that, that dreaded question of, do I take the total, do I take the game spread? It's always a, yeah. it's always a mystery, uh, yeah. especially in Grand Slams. But uh, I, I, I personally think both could cash here. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, more more tennis bets here on YouTube, on Facebook, on Tennis Bets, Twitter, also on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I want to run through some lines for tomorrow and beyond. Zico, I want to go to you on the women's odds. This one stood out to me. We're looking at Rabakina Jabor, defending champ, minus 164 range, Jabor plus 136. There's game spread opportunities there, but how do you see this one going down on center court? I like Jabor at the plus money odds. I, I think Rivaka is a little bit overvalued in the market based off what happened last year. And I also think that, you know, not playing a match pretty much last round is going to hurt her a little bit. Jabor is a little bit, you know, more battle tested, even though it wasn't much of a battle. I just do think that she has a really good chance of winning that match and plus 136 odds. I'd take it. I think it's a coin for it. Yeah, I think she's going to have a real chance here. And I think Rabakina, maybe not having reps, like having opponents retire, might not be a good thing. So that's something to say there. Uh, my my live dog, I didn't put my name on this graphic, but I should. Uh, we'll see if I want to go money line. But I think Madison Keys is a major player in this match coming forward. I don't know if I have the courage yet to go money line, Kenny, but I think she's playing well. I think Sabalenka has dips in her game, and I, I, I like Keys to at least cover. I'll go that far. Yeah, I, I, I could see it. I mean, I think Sabalenka looked really mentally sound today. I think that was probably the, the, the tough part about this because, you know, look, the, the, the thing in your favor here is Madison Keys does own a win in her career against Arena Sabalenka. It also came on grass. It was only two years ago. Mm-hmm. She's looking mm-hmm. like, I mean, she's looking like the Madison Keys of old with that Eastburn win. Mm-hmm. Ah, she's beaten some really tough opponents, especially Andriva, who we talked up, you know, to the moon last week. So, yeah, I mean, I think she's got she's got a very fair chance, much more fair than the odds would indicate. I would make this closer to a pick'em here, um, but I will. The one thing I will say is I did take Sabalenka this morning to win Wimbledon because I noticed that she was still at her pre-tournament odds. 
So I will have to root against you, Mitch, but uh, I also do really love Madison Keys as one of the Americans okay. that okay. I've been watching for many years. So I think I think she's got a really good chance here. I do. I have Keys plus seven hundred to win. Going the against, so I'm probably going to hedge out. Probably hedge out a little bit. Yeah. Going against America yet again, Kenny. I've seen this before, but it's okay. It's all right. It's been making uh, me some money, so. Well, you, you got, yeah, that's, that's unfortunately true also. Iga taking on Svitolina. We got some other good matches. Jesse Pagula still in this tournament against Vondras Sova, which should be fun. Uh, Pam, any other men's bets you're, you're feeling? I know we got Eubanks Medvedev might be a game spread. It's hard to always make money on Djokovic. Maybe you could find a way there. Um, no, I do like Eubanks in this matchup against Medvedev. Um, what I'm liking about it is that, it, like as mentioned earlier, his serve is winning a lot of points. And yes, it is Medvedev, one of the best returners. But what I love about Eubanks is he's winning those tiebreaks. He's won 10 out of the last 13. He's won 10 out of 13 tiebreaks on grass court this season. Um, that's very strong. And it's against some of like really good players. So I'm looking forward to backing Eubanks in some fashion. Right now, I don't want to take a wager at the moment because the game spread opened at four and it's already up to five and money's coming in on Medvedev. So you could potentially get plus five and a half. I would be probably more interested in taking the over. I'm not sure, but I want to bank Eubanks in some fashion. Mm -hmm. I want to see where the line moves from now until then. The line just moved in the last hour. So we are going to be seeing some movement there. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I feel like, I mean, this game spread is high. The money's coming on Medvedev. Maybe if you like Eubanks, you do. Go, and I, I say uh, normally I wouldn't go this way, but maybe the over is the play. If Eubanks is going to have a chance, he's going to have to serve lights out, which he did today. Does it happen? I don't know. But maybe there's a chance there. But five and a half games is a lot, Kenny, uh, even for uh, a player like Medvedev. I, I I really have to side with Medvedev though here. I, I just I really don't think Eubanks is is that sound off the ground. Like the, from the back of the court, I mean, yeah, he's he's been able to serve, but he's also facing the what probably the second or third best returner in the world right now in, in Daniil Medvedev, if not the best. I mean, Djokovic still probably number one, but I, I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to hear what Zico thinks because I I do feel like uh, you know maybe maybe I'm just sucking my anti-America ways. But or, or my contrarian ways, but it really just it doesn't feel like Eubanks is quite there. And he even admitted after the the match against Tsitsipas today, he just had some very weird wayward forehands. I mean, he's just he's not hitting the ball clean enough. When he when he lands the ball on the court, I mean, it, it it's unreturnable. But uh, I, I just I don't like I don't think he's going to be able to last in any baseline exchanges. Uh, and, and I know there might not be that many of them, but I just think Medvedev is going to get a lot more serves back than Tsitsipas did. Uh, that Nori did, and I, I think ultimately that's going to be his downfall here. Um, you know, even in that last set today, he did give a break back to Stefanos. I mean, it wasn't like he served excellently, but you know, he's always served excellently, right? Like the the thing mm -hmm. that's made Chris Eubanks a Grand Slam quarterfinalist now is the fact that he's actually been able to hit the balls over the net when he gets into points. So uh, I don't, I just think Medvedev is is this really really a tough test here. But I mean, I, I was wrong. Like I thought Nori was going to be too consistent for. Eubanks, and it, you know he proved me wrong. So you know Medvedev is a little bit different of an animal. It's also on grass. I'm staying away from this match, but I just because it is a lot of games. But I would probably side with the under or or maybe Medvedev to cover uh, maybe four and a half games at a little bit juicier of a price. All right. Yeah, I think I'd lay off the game spread and maybe go minus one and a half sets if that's an option. I haven't seen a price on it, but I'd be a little bit nervous about the game spread just because. Yeah, I can see it going anyway, but I yeah. do go back to the same logic kind of that lost me the Sitsipas bet where I just think Medvedev is going to be a little too strong on the ground. And I think where Sitsipas is lacking, you know, mental <laughs> mental game, I think Medvedev has it. So I think he would be able to close the job and you know, seal the deal against D-Banks. Right. I am really 
game spread, look at you guys grabbing us that. I think that is likely than him staying within the game range. Um, because we, we've seen Mevedev, yes, he has, he has that extra level that I talk about with some of the top five, top ten players um, that other players don't. Mm-hmm. Eubanks, yes, he can't fall because of errors. But it all comes down to tactics, and that's what makes betting tennis right now so difficult. Mm-hmm. Because we know what they're capable of doing. We know what players like Carlos, Pitsipas, we know what all of them can do and how they can turn it on. Eubanks is an unknown factor right now. So if he yeah. sticks with the strategy of coming into the net, He's going to be a lot more competitive, but he if he becomes one of those players that kind of clams up on how he knows that he can win and just plays from the baseline, good game. You're uh, not going to win. Today he had some moments in that last game, but he fought through the nerves and finished it out. So I think that was a good sign. Uh, well, before we go, hey, we got two live matches. One's one set all. The other is, looks like it's about to be. Any final thoughts on those matches and uh, what we should expect to see? Zico, you up first? Yeah, I think I go back to the same thinking with Dimitrov where I do question Runa's physical fitness. And after playing a four-hour match, I don't really trust him in a longer match, and it looks like it's going to be one. I think that Dimitrov will win in four or five. Okay. okay. I- I'm going to say first two things. Uh, first of all, I'm shocked that Benito Berrettini, who's, I mean, at the worst case, is going to be one set all with Carlos, is back to plus 250, considering where he was pre-match was like plus 170. Um, I-, I really think he's shown today that he is just as strong as he's really ever been on grass, so that's a surprising line. One thing I will also note, because uh, we didn't get to talk about this match, but uh, Andre Rublev, can we talk about how well he's playing right now? He's playing some unbelievable mm-hmm. tennis. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he looked really good yesterday. Shot of the, shot of the year. Shot of the well, year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all luck. Set up, set up. Nice. Okay, yeah, but, sure. No, sure. But, but no, but Bub, but Bublik, I mean, it, the credit goes to Bublik, like he played an unbelievable match, uh, and Rublev was just better. And I think Rublev now for two years in a row, He's been consistently doubted to the Grand Slams. We always looked at, I mean, and I've been guilty of it. I'm sure we've all of us here have been guilty of fading Andre Rublev at a Grand Slam. And all he does is win in, in these matches. And, you know, really, unless he's facing Francis Tiafo, really never, you know, never really been upset by anyone too shocking. And, and you know, maybe Laszlo Gere at the, uh, what was it, the French Open two years ago, or Jan Leonard Struve. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. But the bottom line here is I actually think he has a really good chance to push this match. I like the over in the uh, Rublev-Djokovic match. I think he's playing unbelievable tennis. He did beat Djokovic once. I know it was when Djokovic wasn't really, like, he was still coming back from injury last year. But uh, he should have plenty of confidence coming into this match. His forehands looked unbelievable. I think grass could actually sneakily be his best surface if he played it a little more consistently, like if there were more grass court tournaments. So I don't see any reason why this match isn't going to go over. Uh, I really love the way Brew Love's playing, and I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now and a lot of consistency and uh, just stuff I love to see. Pam, final thoughts as we gear up and gear down for Wimbledon's Manic Monday into the championship stages? Interested to see my bet cashes, right? I took us live and he was down at minus 130 um, against right now against Veratini because ultimately I think it comes down to who's going to be better in the pressure point situations. And it's never Veratini for me. As great as he is, he doesn't have the backhand weapon to contend because Carlos is going to figure it out. And he's going to attack his weak side. And Bertini has a lot more weaknesses than he does have strength. So I like right. Carlos too much. I Good luck, just, I just, yeah, hope we're all still friends after this epic Alcaraz and Bertini <laughs> match takes place. But I'm surprised you didn't mention all the golfers that were there. I'm a little disappointed. We had three oh, golfers love, at Tenor State, Tenor Court. And Justin Thomas. And yeah. it was wonderful to see. It's my two worlds who get to collide, and it's very rare that it happens. Um, it would be a dream of mine to go to Wimbledon as well, like to dress up like everybody else. And yeah, I got to get. 
Yeah, Spieth, I think, needs a new suit. That would be my feedback. But otherwise, I think they're all good fans. Um, pleasure for everyone joining the show. We're Again, we're on you know, Tennis Bets Twitter, Tennis.com Facebook, Tennis Channel YouTube. Uh, thanks again to the whole crew. We're going to try to do another one before the end of the week. So be on the lookout for that. And I try to take some of our advice and just uh, respect us for the fact that we're owning up to bad picks. But for Kenny Ducey, <laughs> and Zachary we keep showing Cohen, up, and we keep showing up, you know, win or lose. So we're still for here. Ken for Kenny Ducey, Zachary Cohen, and Pamela Maldonado, my name is Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Bets. Thanks everybody out there for watching the show or listening to it. And we'll see you later in the week. Good luck out there.